can be loving without having to prove that I'm worth loving to anyone. Like whether it's someone who I know has talked bad about me and we've had tension in the past, like I don't have to worry about what they think because I know that I'm going to be loving to them no matter what. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to Questions with Caden. My name is Caden Fabrizio. I am your host of, in my opinion, greatest podcast ever. Kind of biased. Welcome to episode 12. Today, we got an amazing guest. Uh, my friend Grace Valentine's coming on the podcast, and we're going to be answering a really awesome question about caring what people think about you and letting them dictate what God is calling you to do. Um, but before we jump into that amazing conversation, I just wanted to say... I hope you guys have been enjoying the podcast. I love you guys a ton, and I'm honored that you clicked on this podcast. Um, Today, we have a really awesome conversation, but before we jump into that, be sure to like, subscribe, share the podcast, do all the stuff, and the most important thing you could do is leave a review of your opinion on the next podcast like we always do when I'm alone and there's no guest. I will be reading a review from a listener, and it could be you, so be sure to leave a review and give us a rating wherever you listen to your podcast. Today we have, like I said, my friend Grace Valentine. She is such a blessing to this podcast. The conversation we have, I honestly think, is going to bless you so much. She is an author. She's written two books. Her third book, What Will They Think, is coming out June, July, not June, July 12th, and will be available everywhere books are sold, and I can guarantee you you're going to want to read it. You're going to be encouraged to know that you can be you and who God has called you to be without caring what other think other people think. Um, I love this conversation. I love Grace and who she is, and I can't wait for you guys to listen. Let's jump right in. Yo, Grace, how are you? Thanks for coming Kayden, on. I am so excited to be here today, this afternoon for me. I guess it's still the afternoon for you and Callie, right? Sort of. It's one o'clock. One so o'clock. It's, okay. It's, it's like three hours yeah. difference. I know. I've been to California once in my whole life. and it was- You only been one time? Yeah, but the time change messed me up because when I was – Flying back from California to Florida, other side Tough. of the thing, it was also the daylight saving change. And so I literally walked on the airplane at 10 p.m., walked out at 7 a.m. Like, it was just, like... Weird. Just weird. But Callie so was weird. amazing. Yeah, Callie's awesome. I love it here. I, like, you know, I just got back from Nashville. I was there for a month. Um, and when this podcast comes out, though, I will have been back for a while. But anyway, now you guys know when I film these things. Yeah, um, but I... It's a little bit of a delay. We put them in the backlog. Um, but I got back, and you know, it's like a two-hour difference. And I was waking up really early there. I was waking up at like 6 a.m. And so when I got back here, I was waking up at like 4 a.m. just out of nowhere. And I was like... You're like pulling a Steve Jobs. Yeah. What is going on? I'm not this guy. Like, I'm yeah. just like... I guess I'll work out. I guess I'll read the Bible for an hour and not just 30 minutes. What do you do at four? I'm like, it's that's like serial killer hours, you know? Like, I just good for you but, for uh, even waking up at six and that. Did you have to, or were you just you. trying to be disciplined? No, I'm an early riser in general, um, and so when I got to Nashville, I wanted to like get on the the correct like hours there. So we were getting up at six and we were going to the gym a lot. So and like getting our like day moving. So just six was the six six thirty was kind of the time we just kept getting up, even though we would go to bed late sometimes and get four hours of sleep. Anyway. Hey, thanks for coming on the podcast. Yes, yes. I was like, thank gosh we're not doing this interview at 6 a.m. I would not be about that. So. Oh, my gosh. Do you know Do you know Riley Sewell? Shout out Riley Sewell. Yes, I, I love Riley. She's episode. one of my favorite people. Gosh, I love her so much. She came on the podcast, oh, man, a couple months ago, and we were texting about it. I'm like, hey, when can you come on? And she's like, hey, let's do like 7.30 a.m. on Wednesday. And I was like, you what? Yeah, <laughs> I, was I was like, like 
what? We're going to have a deep conversation at 7.30 a.m.? I'm like, please don't look at me. And I was like, dude, I'm like pounding a Celsius trying to get ready for this thing. And then she texts me at like 7.30 and was like, you want to push it back to 8.30? And I was like, God answers prayers. Yes, it and works. he is good and I can function at 8.30. <laughs> yeah. You just need that like a little bit of time with Jesus, a little bit of time just yeah. with no one, a light song, mm. a shower. Like I can't just yeah. go at, wake up. And I don't like coffee, so I've got nothing to like look forward to, I feel like, when I wake up. I'm just like... Have you tried Celsius? I need to. I need to try Celsius. Shout out Celsius. Not sponsored. Not sponsored, but I, It could be, though. Yeah, I if love, they asked you for free. If you, you want to, we'll do it. Send me a pack of four, and I'm, I'll talk about it. But it's I'm addicted. I don't I don't drink coffee either. I need um, to try Celsius. Okay, you don't drink coffee either, because I always felt weird for no. that. Because everyone's like, let's go get coffee, and I'll go, and I'll be like, I'll get a green tea, and I hate it. Like, Especially... <laughs> Especially being a Christian, though, it's like, how dare you not drink coffee? And I think especially like the in like the young dating scene too of Christians, people are like, let's go get coffee. And I'm totally. like, great, here we go, here we go. Like, awesome. I now Sick. I'm gonna have to explain why I don't like coffee and I have the taste of like a 12 year old middle school boy in a locket. Like I love Coke, you know, like, and I'm like, I can't You're just like, get a freaking Coke at like an aesthetically pleasing coffee shop, you know. And I'm like, You're like, what kind of do you guys do frappuccinos here? Yeah, I don't even like frappuccinos. <laughs> That's the worst. Like, I, I, nothing with even like a slight coffee taste will be consumed by me. And so, well, good thing, good thing you're high energy already. I'm the same way. I'm high energy already, so I don't need really. Who needs it? I gotta try Celsius though. No, your life will change. I swear, you will feel so good. Okay, let's talk about what we're supposed to talk about today. I know, exactly. How's that sound? That sounds hey, great. Hey, so guys, you guys have seen the title of the episode. Um, it is. What will they think? Grace has an amazing book coming out. When's it coming out? It comes out July 12th, so I don't know what Whoa, this soon. Out, yeah. yeah, this soon. Will, around, yeah, around this time, I think this wow, will Wow, perfect timing, everyone. Glad you're here. Yeah, perfect timing. <laughs> come on. Yeah, what will, will, will they think? What will they think? That was way harder than, than it should have been. I know. It, does, it doesn't come off quick. It's like you what have to think will it through. They, they think, think is the question for today, and really we're just talking about the need for believers um, to stop caring so much about other people's opinions mm. on what you are called to do, what you're purposed for. And so I'm really excited for this conversation today. As always, we're going to start the podcast off with our foundational scriptures. We have two of them. Grace, do you have the, um, the little notes pulled up? Yes, I do. Do you want to read the first one? I would love to. So the first foundational scripture is Galatians 1.10. Obviously, I'm not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. If pleasing people were my goal, I would not be Christ's servant. Come on, so, so good. good. And then the second one is Proverbs twenty nine twenty five. It says, fearing people is a dangerous trap, but trusting the Lord means safety. And we're believing today by the end of this conversation that you're going to step into some of that safety, mm. breaking Amen. off those, the chains of just caring what people think about you to the point where you can't function in who you're supposed to be. So let's pray and we'll jump right into this thing. Lord, thank you so much for grace. Thank you so much that you would allow her to come on this podcast. Father, we just pray today that, Holy Spirit, you would just show up no matter where the person is listening right now, God, whether it be in their their bedroom or at the gym, Father, or driving to work. Lord, I just pray that they would have an encounter with your spirit. God, they would hear your voice. Chains would break off. They would be their mind renewed. They'd become to know you in a different way and know themselves in a new way too, Father. We love you so much. It's in your name we pray. Amen. I'm so excited for today, um, Grace, about this podcast a little bit. What we always do is we ask a massive question, like what will they think? And we always break it down into smaller questions and kind of figure out how we can answer this question. And with your new book coming out, um, you talk about what will they think. And you talk about the importance of maybe caring more about what uh, Jesus thinks than what other people think. I always tell people like, 
Um, if you care what people think about you, you'll be controlled by what they think of you. But if you care what Jesus thinks about you, you'll be liberated by what he thinks about you. And so for today, I think, um, what really do you think are some of those reasons why we get trapped in that fear of like wanting to people please or wanting to care so much what people have to say about what we should be doing in our lives? Yeah, I think the ultimate reason is just this need for feeling like we are part of something. And especially, I think we don't know our role on this earth. And I think we, like, I love the verse that you chose, too, about Galatians 1.10, because it says at the end, if pleasing people were my goal, I would not be Christ's servant. Like, the Mm. idea of being Christ's servant is our role. And we kind of are in this main character, like, season of our generation. Like, everyone's trying to romanticize their life, be this main character, do these big things. And... I'm a firm believer you can do big things if you know you're big God, but those things are going to do wow. be holy things, not main character things, you know? And wow. so when I think of even that verse of like, I would not be Christ's servant and why we care so much what people think, I also admire someone like Mary, the mother of Jesus. When she was told by an angel that she would be a virgin pregnant, even though she's not even married at this time, a time when that was dangerous, a time when also like women care so much about their bodies. Like that wasn't, those are the things that she was not thinking of. Her response was let what you've said be done to me. I am the Lord's servant. And so it kind of goes back to that Galatians 110 of she knew her role was to be a servant. But I think so often, yeah. like whether you're in college and you're rushing a sorority or fraternity or whether you're just trying to please your boss at work or you're in high school, just trying to make your parents think that you're worthy enough or that the cool kids think you're worthy enough, whatever it is, you when you think of yourself as the main character, you're going to really care about the opinions of others because you want the spotlight on you. You want them to like you. You want to prove yourself. But when you kind of, like you say, feel that liberating feeling of knowing that I'm Christ's servant, like I can do holy things, not main character things. Like that's where my purpose comes from. I feel like you get released, like we said earlier, from that. But that doesn't make it easy. Like it's not easy. Like just because the common thing is that we think we have to be the main character, that doesn't mean it's easy to let go of that desire to be the main character. But but once you do, and once you know your role is being a servant of Christ, like that is where you find true purpose. Wow, what a sobering idea. I've never heard anyone talk about like the fact that we're not the main character. Like we don't have to carry the burden of being a main character mm. in, or the hero uh, or of the our hero. Because you're like the reality is is like it's not really anything that we've done. It's what Jesus already did. Like we're not winning the battle because we're gonna work harder. We are winning the battle because he already won it. And I love that. I love that idea of like let's let's humble ourselves and think about I don't need to carry this pressure of being the main character, which then in turn carries the pressure of people pleasing the people around me. Uh, but I can focus on who is the main character, and that's Jesus. And so I think, like, when we're talking about a subject that's like, hey, you know, what will they think? It's really practical um, when we're making decisions in our lives to first think about what we want to do and then second back that up by uh, what will my parents say, what will my best friend think, what will those people that I want them to really like me think. And a lot of times we end up, um, instead of looking at like, okay, this is what I feel purpose to do, and I feel God's hand on this, but I feel pushback from this area, we end up turning to this area and being like, okay, well, maybe I shouldn't do it because this person said not to, and this person gave me a funny look, and this person said that's way too big a dream, you'll never do that. And this person was like, you're not even a good writer. You know, like all of these things, but you're like, yeah, but God's telling me to do this. So what do you think are some of those ways that we can be focusing on the right voices and the right things to be listening to um, basically where God is pushing us. 
Yeah, and I think that's one thing Christians talk a lot that it's easy to get confused. Like the idea of being called. Mm. Like what is God's voice? Like how do yeah. we know is it are, is it everyone trying to give us wisdom or are they giving us their opinion? Because those are two different things. Like someone may be speaking wisdom and say, hey, I don't know if this is where you're supposed to be. Like I feel like there could be something better for you. Um, but if it's wisdom, it'll also be something where you have discernment and truth in. But if it's just someone's opinion, it's just going to point you away from Christ. You know, and so it's I good, think it's yeah. so important to understand that like trust in itself comes from wisdom and discernment. Like if you trust someone like, you give them this should be wisdom and discernment in that and so i'll say when it comes to combating especially like what do you do i think it's just important to try to be loving and not prove that you're worth loving i think when you are so fixated on not necessarily like being having friends that love you the same i've kind of given up that mentality of like friendship is 50 50 because yeah. we hear that all the time like friendship 50 50 and i will get to the point i'm like well does this person even think i'm their friend like does this person like me and granted you don't need to have friends who don't care about you or don't do anything good but at the end of the day jesus was a friend to everyone he wasn't best friends with everyone but yeah. i can be loving without having to prove that i'm worth loving to anyone like whether it's someone who i know has talked bad about me and we've had tension in the past like I don't have to worry about what they think because I know that I'm going to be loving to them no matter what. And I think wow. one of my favorite stories in the Bible, too, of someone who I think combats against the world standards of what it's like to try to prove that you're worth loving is Tabitha. And she's an axe. And not many people talk about Tabitha. And the best part about Tabitha is we don't know much about Tabitha. Like Tabitha was just known in her town, in her little city, for sewing clothes for the poor and the widows. And back then in Acts, the poor and the widows were the most overlooked, especially for the early church, because Acts is after Jesus rose from the dead and all the disciples are telling everyone about Jesus. So some people are kind of understanding the gospel like Tabitha did. But then easily, the if you accept Jesus and the Christ, like the rulers won't help the widows and the poor. And so they're so overlooked and the church hadn't stepped up yet to help them. But Tabitha did. Tabitha saw a need in her town and she would sew clothes for the widows and the poor. And then she died. And when she died, the widows and the poor like walked, I think it was like 25 miles there and back to get Peter to perform a miracle on her. And she rose from the dead because she, her life wasn't done yet either. And so I think when I think of Tabitha's life and how we don't know much about her, we don't know her relationship status. We don't know her, like how she looked, like what everyone thought of her other than the fact that she was kind. And so, and wow. there, her legacy of love was because she wasn't trying to waste her time proving that she was worth loving. And so when it wow. comes to how do we combat this, I think what is on your schedule each day? Are you waking up every day, looking in the mirror, agonizing over what other people think? Or are you just going to wear a smile and like, yeah, yeah, brush your hair. Don't like completely like trash, you know, totally. but like going into an environment trying to be the person that's accepting and inclusive like i always think like when i walk into a room i want to be the person that someone's like oh my goodness i'm so glad grace is here i know she'll talk to me like i know she'll mm. see me tabitha saw the overlooked so i think especially the way to combat of trying to be this main character and caring about what people think of you or like what your boss will even think about you is to just be loving and point to the author of love and don't spend your life trying to find equal friendships because when you're trying to be equal with everyone and like give 50 50 then you're not going to have the chance to be someone who is pouring the christ love because christ love isn't 50 50 with us that's not true at all so if you're supposed to love like jesus christ you can't love 50 50 like you can't just expect things in return or care for what they're going to give you or search for their approval like you should love them not so that they like you but just because christ loved us wow that is so good it makes me think one time one of my friends he told me something that honestly changed the way I looked at friendships as well. And it was um, to be a good friend is to love open handed, meaning like they people can come, people can go, people can say whatever to you, people can 
um, be a certain way, their behaviors can look a certain way, but the way that you love them will never change because you're loving open-handed. You're loving in a posture of, I want to love you regardless of what you give me. I want to love you because I care about loving you because this is what Jesus cares about, is loving you open-handed, open to you and all of you, all of the ups, the downs, the bad, the good. I'm just going to love you. And like you said, when you do that and you walk into a room and you say, in this room, walking to come, I'm a freshman in college and I walk into a room at this mixer, I'm not going to care what people think, but I'm going to care how I love people. And when you change that perspective in your mind, you stop caring so much about like, did I perform well in this? Like, did I show up good enough for this today? Like when you leave the, the party, you don't go, oh my gosh, like, did I say something weird? You know, like, did, what did they think? You think, did I love them good? And that changes everything because you stop caring about how you look and you care about how you love. And, and I'll say this too. Things. I love that you even asked me how to combat it because I think the first way is like if you're going to speak destruction in others' lives, you're going to see destruction in your own life. So a lot of well, times good. I think the people who gossip the most are the ones who are the most insecure because they they think everyone's talking about them. Like, And totally. so what goes around comes around, and that's obviously not scripture, but if you want to feel more confident, the easiest way is to stop comparing anyone else because I've noticed girls do this. I don't know if guys do this, but it's like your friend gets it ex-boyfriend gets a new girlfriend and girls would be like show me a picture of her like let me see what she looks like oh my gosh you're way prettier than her like <laughs> wow he downgraded like that's like a common yeah. conversation i don't care if they're christian or not. i've seen like the most christian the most active in church girls do it and it is something that we should feel convicted by like totally if, like if you're comparing two other people even if you're not in that little story you're going to be so insecure about what people think of you because you're speaking destruction in others lives you only totally. see destruction in your own and so Absolutely. the easiest way to combat not caring what people think of you is to not care and destroy other people based off little things that they can't control you know the minute you so realize that you have you don't get to be the judger of people like you don't get to be the person and especially when it comes to things that they can't change in five minutes like that is not your role and you know your role is to serve others in the way jesus christ and to not be pointing fingers and have like what you said arms of an open posture like be someone totally. welcoming not someone who talks about them behind their back and then you'll probably be more confident in yourself and being who you are called to be absolutely i think too going off that the other day, a buddy of mine hung out with a friend of mine, and we uh, left that friend, and um, we were just sitting there, and we were, like, in the elevator, and we were just talking, and then we both go, did they say, like, anything nice about anybody the whole time? And we were like, no. And then we looked at each other and go, what do you think they're saying about us? You know, like, and I think the way you love people is by showing people that you are going to protect and love them even when they're not in the room. Like even when they're not around, you're not going to be spewing lies. You're not going to be saying things that aren't true. You're not going to be do, um, perpetuating gossip and, and diving into that. Like you said, which will end up leading you into thinking other people are doing that to me. This is, and it lets you spiral into being like, Oh my gosh, what are people thinking about me and saying about me behind my back? And next thing you know, you're in this, this, almost like this trap that the enemy puts you in. Just like Proverbs twenty nine twenty five says, you f start to fear man and you fall into a dangerous trap. And so um, I think it's so important, like you said, that we watch the words that come out of our mouths and we focus on uplifting people and loving people more than thinking about yeah. ourselves. And like be, be the uplifting person you wish you had. Like if you are currently totally. being talked about a lot and you feel like no one's including you, no one's inviting you, well then be the person that you wish you had right now. Like that's... Yeah. 
because that's how change starts. Like, yeah, one small light, other people will see it too, and they'll want to be around the light. And so it's totally. as simple as that, like being that person. Totally. Like, I don't know if you've ever been with someone who gossips a lot, but the moment you shut down gossip, they like ne- they'll stop gossiping with you. Like, they know like it's not going to fly with you, and you're oh, able totally. to be like. And you might have not- to be like tricky about it because you don't want to be like. Um, like there's nothing like more awkward than when someone's like, I don't really do that gossip thing. Like you can be like, yeah. you know, what? I be like, I have said some really bad things in the past. And like, I need you to hold me accountable to this. Like totally. if you switch it on them, I've learned that that works so much better. And being like, uh, I don't yeah. ever feel good. I know last, even if it was like a conversation you just had like two weeks ago, you'd be like, I've once called up a friend and I was like, Hey, honestly, two weeks ago we had a conversation and I wanted to apologize to you. I was not nice about this person. Like I should not have said this. And that person was like, yeah, I'll hold you accountable. And really that person was starting it. Like, you know, (laughs) at the end of the day, like there's no, like it's like Adam and Eve pointing fingers. Like, you know, it's the serpent, everyone. Yeah. But you sometimes have to be the person to be like, take the blame on yourself. Don't start looking at them, but have them and show them that you want more in a friendship. Totally. So when we get to this this point of being like, okay, we're starting to kind of figure out what it feels like to not care so much about what other people think of us when it comes to calling or um, what we're purposed for. Um, I started when I was writing up the questions today, I started thinking a lot about Noah and thinking about, you know, God tells Noah to build a boat in the desert and everyone says he's crazy. And I think the thing that we don't talk about enough is that Noah probably thought it was crazy, too. Like, Noah was probably like, um, why, God? <laughs> you know, like, it doesn't like rain. Like, it's a sunny and, day, yeah. Yeah, and I... there's, there's, no, there's no water here. You know, and, like, he, he never, like, we never talk about that. So, but at the same time, he was still faithful. And he still said, okay, this is what you're calling me to do. Everyone says I'm crazy, and I even I think I'm a little crazy. But this is what I know God is telling me to do. So for you, what do you think, um, or how do you think, really, we can walk in purpose and walk towards what God is calling us to do, even when we have people speaking into our lives that saying this is crazy. But even there's a part of us that thinks it's crazy. Yeah. And I think you and me were kind of talking about this a little before, too, like of our own personal journeys of kind of realizing the things and feeling like even in any industry, like whether you're trying to be an accountant, that you might have to prove yourself. Like I have a friend who's a girl who's a lawyer, and she tells me every time she walks as a female into a courthouse, they'll like say, oh, like that's only for the attorneys to sit there. And she's like, no, I'm an attorney. I'm a young attorney. I'm a female. Like, but I, I am one. Like, and she has to, sometimes feels like she has to prove herself as a woman in that business field. And so I think when it comes to, especially the crazy things God has put in our hearts, because everyone listening to this, like God is calling them to something so unique. Um, and something so purposeful and something that so brings their giftings and everything that God wants from them. First Peter four tens is like, everyone has a gift and God's going to use it and God is going to use it for his glory. And so I think about my journey, my parents are two bankers. And so when I was like 12 years old, I was like, I want to write books. And my parents were like, that's cute. Oh, yeah. like so sweet. Like so great. And I would like enter little writing competitions. And then I was older in college and my dad's like, well, just you need a backup plan. And like, I, I have a backup plan, but I was like, dad, I really just want to go into ministry and do this. And my parents are great. They're awesome, but they are just the most realistic people I've ever met. And I yeah. can be a really realistic person too. And there came to a point when I had to drop realistic at the door of God, what he wow. was calling me to. Like I didn't have to be realistic. I could be holistic as I view things in a holy lens. Like the That's fact so that good. God can do anything and so I think of me and especially I was a girl in college who was like called to sorority standards. Like I was always, I was a little party girl a little bit in the beginning and trying to find my place cause I was so insecure. And that was when I kind of let go of my writing dream, let go of the calling. I feel like God placed and was just 
insecure, struggling with body image, struggling with everything, never finding my place. And finally, I had to be like, you know what? I'm not going to be realistic. Jesus has changed my life. And I may be an ordinary girl. It sounds like a Hannah Montana song, but Christ can do anything through ordinary people. Like that's the whole Bible. And so like even with Noah. So I think for me, I had to drop realistic, stop trying to be realistic and be holistic as in look at things in the holy view and realize that if God called me to it, he's going to get me through it. And it's cheesy and... People say, let go, let God, but you don't have to have a set plan. I think there's so much pressure in any calling to be like, well, what's your five-year plan? Like, what are the steps it's going to take you to? Like, at the end of the day, did Noah have like 10 step plan on how to get this boat when the weather was going to change? Like, no, he didn't know how the story was going to end, but he knew in this chapter, God was calling him to pick up a hammer, which maybe didn't have hammers back then. However, he did it. Like a rock or something. (laughs) Yeah. Take some two rocks, a little whatever, gather some animals, you know, whatever it was. He knew that that was his first step. So I think just encouraging everyone here, like if there's a dream and it might even be not even like a dream as in like a job, it could just be like, oh, I'm in party culture right now. And I feel like God is telling me to find a different group of friends. And on my Friday nights, not go to that one frat house that I go every weekend. Or if you're a guy, maybe you just vape all the time and you feel called, you know, it's not good for you to put down that vape or to stop doing that drugs, even harder drugs. Sometimes it starts with one small step. You don't have to know the 10 year plan. You don't know, have to know how the chapter ends or how you get there, but sometimes you got to drop whatever is pulling you away from Christ and take a small step towards him. And that even reminds me of the Bible verse in the storm where Peter, I know we spit out so much Bible verses and passages, but Peter walking on water and how Jesus was walking on water first and everyone else yelled, it's a ghost. But Peter was like, Lord, if it is you call me out onto the water. So Peter gets off that boat and he does the unthinkable. Like he being a Human who's sinful walks on water and takes that two steps closer to Jesus. But the minute he looked at the winds, and the Bible even says the winds were strong. It doesn't say that the winds were nothing compared to Jesus. It says the winds were strong that day. But he looked at the strong winds and he sank and Jesus got him up. And so I think in our journeys, it's kind of like that walk on water thing. We have these moments where we look at Christ. We might do something big, but it's so easy to also lose sight of that when we look at the world around us. We look at what makes sense, what's realistic, like what this person thinks of us. Like, is everyone going to judge me if I go from being the party girl to now trying to be the chaplain of my sorority? Like, it doesn't make sense because the winds are strong and they suck and college is hard. Being a young adult is hard. Being in high school is hard and it's hard to live boldly for Christ. But if you look at Jesus, you can do the unthinkable. And last thing I'll say about that is I love the analogy. A ship is safe in the water, but that's not what a ship is meant for. I don't know if you ever heard that. And so mm-hmm. we are we are safer on a boat. We are safer to not do bold or not do the big dream or to not do where God's calling us to. Like we're safer to be realistic, but we're going to miss out on our true purpose if we stay on that boat. And so it's totally. about getting out, taking the step, and you don't have to know where the step goes because I don't think Peter knew where he just knew he was taking one step closer to Jesus. You know, that was his goal. Just be one step closer to Jesus. He didn't know how he was going to get back. And so I would just encourage everyone to take that small step, whatever that is. Yeah, that's amazing. I agree with you. I think um, sometimes our culture especially is like, hey, we need to have a five-year plan. We need to know when we're going into college, we need to know uh, what degree we're going to pick. We need to know what what job we're going to get after, and we need to know who we're going to marry. And it's just <laughs> not it's just not the way – um, just not the way it works. And I think the moment that we start to put down expectations of the world or some of these, like, just like these ways of thinking culture, and we start to just act opposite in those, like just the way Jesus did, we start to kind of see what exactly we were made for. And maybe it's not, um, maybe we don't have a picture of what we're going to do in 15 years, but we have a picture of what we could do today. 
and what Jesus would do today is love somebody, and what Jesus would do today is spend time with his Father, and um, you can start doing those things. When you're talking about the boat, I was thinking, um, I don't know if you've ever heard the story of Florence Chadwick. Do you know who that is? No, I don't. Hopefully that's her name, and I'm not messing it up, but she um, was a swimmer that decided to um, swim the channel between Catalina and um, California, and it's something like ridiculous amount of miles, like 25, 30, 40, 50 miles. And she did it on a day when she got to the, the day to do it. All the news channels were there. Everybody was there going to um, record this, this massive event. No one had under, ever done it before, especially back in the day as a woman. They were like, no way she could do it. And um, she got there t- to the boats that day to go start her swim, and it was foggy. Like she couldn't see more than four or five feet in front of her. And she started the swim. And she swam all day long, and she was swimming. She had a safety boat next to her that would just keep going, hey, keep going, keep going, keep going, because she couldn't see where she was going. And they would tell her, go left a little bit, go right a little bit, keep going, keep going. And I think at the, like, 12th, 13th hour, she looked up at her boat, and she's like, I'm done. I can't swim any longer. And so they pulled her in the water. They got in the water, and they happened to be less than a mile offshore. Like, she had almost finished. And the crazy thing about that is if she could have just seen where she was going, if she could have just had a glimpse of the shore, maybe she she could have finished. And I think for us as Jesus followers, the shore for us is just looking at Jesus. Like the shore for us is always saying, I don't know where I'm going. I can't see today, but I, I heard God say, go a little bit left. And I heard God say, go a little bit right. And I heard God say, keep swimming and keep paddling. And I just can't see the, can't see the angle, but I can see his face and I can see his Wow, how much he loves me, and I can see that he's going to provide for me, and that he's a father that cares, and he's here. And I think that that's more, doing that is more than enough, because God is more than enough, and we lean into him and keep our vision on him. We, we really can't fail. I loved how you said um, you had a little party season. I love the little party yeah, season. Little, I think everybody had a, I think had a little party season. I think everyone has some rebellious age, you know? Yeah, for sure. I think, I love, I love that you talk about that, because I think the pressure of the world is like when we don't know who we are let's just do what everyone else is doing and so when we get to college we're like we're not sure who we are but everyone's partying so let's party i'm not sure what i'm celebrating i'm depressed but let's party and we're like as a guy you get on you get into your dorm and you're like everyone's vaping so i'm just gonna smoke you know like i don't know who i am but it feels like these guys have a better idea even though it's toxic so i'm just gonna try and be these guys um and when I was writing this question today, I really started thinking about like listening, the power of listening to the crowd and how we so often follow the trend instead of the truth. And I thought about David, you know, and David, he, the only second time we meet David, he's delivering cheese and bread, grilled cheese sandwiches to his brothers in war. And he shows up and Goliath is taunting the Israelite army and everyone is running scared from him. And David goes, I think I can fight this guy. And everybody goes, no, you can't. The closest people to him, his brothers, say, no, you can't. You're just a shepherd. So he goes elsewhere. He goes to the other people around him, and he goes, I think I can fight this guy. And they go, no, you can't. You're just a shepherd. Do what we're doing, and everybody run. And But David didn't listen to the crowd. He didn't listen to the trend. He listened to the truth that God put in his heart. And so I want to ask you, when we are in these seasons where we're walking through life and we're going, I don't know who I am, but everyone else is doing this. Like, this is what the crowd is doing. Like, everyone's partying, so I'm going to party. You know, everyone's sleeping around, so I'm going to sleep around. Like, everyone, how do we, and what are some tips you could give us for living life outside of the crowd? Yeah, I think, and I remember having, like, switch it up in college. Like, I felt called and to, like, 
I, well, I just also realized, I think people tell young adults in college or people, the church will be like, don't drink, it's a sin, like, because you're underage. And I don't even think you need to tell people that because people speed every day. People go through that stop sign, not saying those are good things either. But when I see, like, someone who's struggling in that party phase, I'm like, I know they're not having fun. Like, yeah. I know they don't enjoy putting on that, going to some sticky floor, like, frat house. Like, if you're taking shots to just black out and do something silly, you're not in a good place. Like, I can say that personally, that every time I took more than two shots, especially, like, I was not in a right mindset of what my purpose was, who I was, and I wasn't having fun. Like, there's nothing worse than getting that anxious feeling the next day after you black out, and you're like, what I do? You're looking at the pictures. Like, you may laugh through it. Like, I'll be like, oh, my gosh, I did that. But you're, like, dying on the inside. This is the anxiety that comes from that, and I want it out. And I think just realizing you don't have to have an excuse for everyone that's perfect. Um, you're not judgmental for telling them no. Yeah. And I think there's always those drink pushers at a party, like, especially totally. if you're going to a party, people who are like, one more drink, one more drink. You got shots for everyone. Like you're, you can just be like, nah, I'm, I'm driving, and you don't even have to have the perfect example in that moment. At first, I would just stay home and say I was writing, I was working on myself, or I would say it's for health reasons. And I'm not. You should be bold and be say why you're doing it, but give yourself the grace to just step away at first until you get your mind right. And so it's not even making excuses, but filling up your calendar with other things that are holy. Like whether it's, yes, there's church, but also going on a run, doing things that are good for you, that leave you feeling better without that anxious feeling. And when you're so not busy necessary, but when your calendar is full of activities that are helping you grow physically, socially, mentally, spiritually, then you're not even going to have time to entertain the things that are trying to fill holes that you're missing. And so I think just making yourself productive and not productive because you're a product but productive because you're going forward you're going to press on and not feel the pressure you know i think just pressing on to who christ is and not falling for the pressure but i would even say especially when it comes to that phase i remember after i like got out of the party phase this was even at like the retreat we were both at one of my good friends nadine which i hope she's listening to this but and i know she knows both of us she was like, oh, you went to Baylor? Did you know? This happens to me a lot sometimes in Christian studies because everyone knows someone who went to Baylor. But I was like totally. the party girl at Baylor, which is its own group. And so she was like, do you know this person? Like, she's my roommate now in D.C. And I literally just got so much anxiety. I'm at this, like, Christian, like, young leaders retreat. And I was like, I remember that girl. I was a sophomore drinking a lot. She saw me, like, chugging something very bad, like, some very bad. And she, like, like this little girl cried from seeing how much I was drinking. I remember, like, I scared this girl. And so then I'm here at this, like, this is years later, five years later. And I'm, you know, I've done, I've, you know, I'm, I'm trying to, like, look at my resume. Like, Nadine's not going to hate me. I just met this girl. She's probably texting this girl right now. I met this girl who's a Baylor in the same sorority as me. Like, she was a Baylor Pi Phi. You were a Baylor Pi Phi. And I told her finally, I was like, honestly, I'm not who I was in college. And I know if you asked that girl, the last time she saw me was not in a good place. And it was funny because she was like, oh, no, she never said anything bad about you. I had literally started writing what they were talking about me for. I was like, oh, she probably heard about this story, about this ATO party at this campus. Like, and then... I even was a Christian at this point, walking boldly my purpose, but was still worried about what they thought about me because of my past. And so wow. I think whether you're a Christian or not, or whether you're the party girl trying to reinvent yourself, like you can always rebrand yourself. And that's one of my biggest tips. Like you're not stuck in your reputation. Like there's no such totally. thing as a reputation when it comes to who you are in Christ. Like you're made new. And so everyone else may be like, oh, she's doing this. And when I was kind of following Jesus, and was switching up people were like oh it's so fake oh she's just doing this like she's gonna come back we all know it will and i remember at the end one of the one of my guy friends who i party with a lot with was like grace honestly 
we gave you some crap and I really respect the route you went. And I'm like, thank you. Like, I appreciate that. And it was, I was waiting for that affirmation. But then when he gave that to me, I realized I didn't need it because I had the affirmation from Christ that I was made new in him. Like I didn't have to prove my reputation was better than anyone else. And so I know that was like a lot of things, but I guess the main tips that I would say for anyone stuck is to just find freedom and give yourself the grace to take baby steps first. You know, it might be making your schedule fill of other filled with other things. It might be asking a different girl who may seem like she's living a better life and someone that you want to be like asking her to lunch, like make small steps and make your schedule filled with things that make you feel whole. And just when you do change, don't listen to the gossip of people talking about your reputation. Like you can always rebrand yourself and you're always made new. Totally. I remember that's such good stuff. Grace. Thank you for sharing that. I remember, um, my first weekend in college, I was in my dorm. I was walking back to my dorm room. It was a Friday after practice. I was walking, and the guy who lived across the hall from me, him and his roommate, who ended up um, both actually – actually, one of them dropped out of college. Um, they were, like, just crazy hard drugs, drank a lot. They'd like the, they're, like, blackout on a Tuesday night, guys. And at this point, I didn't know them. And I'm walking back to my dorm room, and one of the guys goes, hey, man, we're going to go smoke. Do you want to smoke? You want to go with us? And I was like, ah, bro, I'm sorry. I don't smoke. And he was like, oh, dude, I totally respect that. And then left. And then you fast forward three, four months, and this guy is knocking on my door for prayer. And he's he's um, asking my opinion. He's When he needs help, when he's blacked out and he can't find his room, he's coming to my room to ask if I would help him. And I just want to encourage someone who's in that season of like, I don't know how I'm going to tell people no, how I'm going to not go, how I'm going to go against the crowd. It's like when you do step against the crowd and you do it in love, like never did I say, hey, blah, blah. No, that's disgusting. I would never do that. I just said, nah, dude, it's just not for me. And he was like, yeah, for sure. I did it in a way that's loving. And he knew that like, I'm still down to hang out with you when you're not doing that. You know, like I'm still down to talk with you when we're both about to hop in the shower in our community bathroom. You know, like I'm going to love, I'm going to love you and I'm going to, I'm going to talk to you and I'm going to be here for you. And when you do that and you do that in a way that people feel loved and seen and heard, what you're really doing is loving them like Christ and loving like Jesus. And you're, you're taking the out, but you're potentially giving them an out in the future to go like, ah, maybe tonight I'm just going to go hang out with Grace in her room. You know, like, ah, yeah, I I remember, I remember especially when I was kind of at that phase where I was like, I'm over it. And finally my senior year, there was this like, I don't want to say what fraternity it was, but they would have a freshman only party. Like all these guys, I'm like, you grimy little boys. Like, I know what you're doing. And the girls were like, it is so nice they're just giving the freshmen a place to, like, figure out their spot. I'm like, no, that is literally not what these guys are thinking. Like, that is this is not a good deed. Um, and I remember being like, I just know there are girls, whatever, and I would just go into that party, like, freshman only. I was like, I don't give two craps. Kick me out. I dare you. And I would look for the girls who were passed out, like, the girls who could easily be taken advantage of. And I remember, honestly, I had a reflection recently when I was a freshman and I was the girl who got really drunk at a party and this one guy like very much protected me from something bad happening to me and I will never forget that guy's name like that guy he could ask me for anything today I even will get teary-eyed thinking about that because that was someone who was a light who was there picking up someone else saw me put me in his car took me home made sure I was okay protected when there was like a senior boy trying to do something and so And when I think about myself senior year, finally getting to the place where I was like, I'm going to look for these freshman girls. You can sleep on my couch. It'll be a nice note in the morning. Nice little water waiting for you. We can have a chat. Not about thou shall not, but just saying, hey, I love you. I got you tonight. And that's sometimes all people need is someone to grab them at the rock bottom moment and protect them. And that's what Jesus would do. And so 
I would encourage you, like, you don't need to go to the party to do that. I think if someone's like, if, like, hey, we're going out tonight. You want to come? You can be like, no, but if you need a ride, if the Ubers get expensive, let me totally. know. Because you never know the next day, that conversation, they're going to be like, wow, Caden really cared for me. And I will say, then you have to not care what they think because you might get called prude. You might get mm-hmm. called goody two-shoes. Like, you might get called all those things. Um, but at the end of the day, you know you're being loving, and that's all that matters. You're not proving to them that you're this cool top notch sorority fraternity person that you're this tailgater of the year but you're proving not proving but you're living out love like you're being loving instead of proving that you're worth joining that crowd and that is going to be what people remember like that's what makes me cry thinking about that guy put me in his car and saved me from that senior guy yeah um that's gonna be what people talk about in five years not who took the most shots and who who was like doing the drugs in the bathroom together yeah totally and i think it's I think it's funny because we think a lot. We're totally out of time, by the way. So this is like going to be. Oh, my... sorry. No, no, it's 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 me. But I think this is such a good conversation. I don't want to cut it off, but we're out of time. So I'm just going to say this, and then we'll let you give a last few thoughts, and then uh, we'll let the listeners go live their lives. But um, the thing I was thinking was, I was like, you know what? Um, it's so crazy how what we end up doing when we live differently or when we say no to something is that we look differently. And we're not, we're never supposed to look like the world. You know, like the Bible says, like, you are not of the world, you're just in it. And I think it's, it's really, it's really hard to show people Jesus if you look just like them. And this is never a podcast about like behavior modification or a podcast like, hey, don't be doing blah, 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 blah. This is a podcast about knowing Jesus intimately. And when you begin to know Jesus intimately and you know who you are in him, you know that you're different. And what we should strive and want to be as believers is people that are different from the crowd, people that are different than the others that want to do what everyone else is doing and please who everyone else is pleasing. But we say, no, we want to know Jesus intimately, and we want to love people out of that intimate love. And what we want to do is be okay being different, standing out, standing away, standing above, but still loving and loving open-handed. Um, so yeah, that's my last thought. Grace, you have any more thoughts for, for the listeners? Anything else you want to say? I mean, that was beautiful. The last thing I'll say is be okay with being different, but also be okay with being ordinary. Yeah. You know, be okay with as in not ordinary looking like the world, but you may never be the top dog or the, the recruitment chair or like the person, the guy getting all the girls. I think a lot of times, sometimes those bad guys do get a little more attention from girls because they're trying to prove themselves to them. You may not be the top dog or whatever that may be, but you're being kind and that is better than being cool. And so that's just the last thing I would say. Yeah. Be kind, not cool. Yeah. Or be both. You know, I think it's cool. I'm just kidding. But you don't have to prove your, anyone who tries to prove themselves to be cool. And it's cool. You know, like, and I think the cool people don't give a crap. Absolutely. I think the older you, you get, the more you realize like the coolest people are the people that just are themselves everywhere. Like, they're the same everywhere you go, every room you put them in, they're the mm. same exact person. And you start to be like, dude, that guy is just the coolest freaking guy. Yeah. Like, he's just always nice to people. He's always loving to people. Like, he talks to the he talks to the waitress for two hours to get into nowhere. You know, he's just an awesome guy. And you start, the older you get, you start to realize, like, that's, that kindness carries. Like, that's what's really cool. That kindness carries. That's a good line. Hey, we, I like that because that's true. We might have to make a t-shirt out of that. That was good. Make a merch. I was literally thinking merch. That was I, good. I like, put that on a trucker hat. Hey. I'm kidding. You like the trucker I hats. Do. If I wore a trucker hat, there's like something going on with me. <laughs> like I would be worried. Like I will never wear a trucker hat. So off I'm like, brand. That's one trend I try. 
my friend Maya makes the coolest ones with smiley faces, and I try them on. I'm like, oh, Maya, I love you. No, like, that's... This is not meant for my face shape. You could but... do trucker hat, like, on the beach, Florida girl, like, trucker hat on the beach. Yeah, people do that. Yeah. I mean, literally the brand, but no, it's not me. <laughs> it's still not me. Like, I'm not a hat girl. Hey. I'm like... Stay in your Very lane. You know what I mean? Stay in your Stay lane. My, everyone knows. Be yourself. That's right. Be yourself. If you can't rock trucker hats, don't. And that's the last thing we're going to tell you guys. And you don't have to. That's the most important advice we can <laughs> um, What will they think is coming out June, July 12th? July 12th. July 12th. And I'm guessing it's sold everywhere. Books are sold. Yeah. So Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, Amazon Online. You can call a local bookstore and they probably have it too. So would love for y'all to let me know what you think. But don't, I don't care what you think, but I would love for them to let me know. That's a test. <laughs> that was a test. It's a test. And you passed. I don't care though. So <laughs> Tell our, um, buy it, but I really don't care. Like, <laughs> Yeah. I don't care. I, I shouldn't care. Yeah. Tell our listeners um, what is the best place for you, for them to buy it. Like what would help you out the most? What gets you on a bestseller list? Oh, honestly, you know what? Amazon. Amazon in general is just the easiest, but I also love, even though it helps me get on, that's what I was probably Amazon and Barnes and Noble, but I'm a big believer in the local bookstore. If there's a Christian local bookstore, go support them. Totally. At the end of the day, if I'm bestseller list, that's great. But if not, I'd rather someone be able to pay for dance classes for their little kid. You know, that's, that means more to me and like the American, especially with inflation and gas prices right now. I just, you know. Support small businesses when you get a chance. Yo, this is totally, we're totally just wasting people's time with what I'm about to say. But like I know. Uh, today, I, no, no, today I went to the gas station. Like I met my friends. Oh, and you're Cali. Yeah, it's bad. I met my <laughs> friends at Top Golf this morning real fast. It hit some golf balls with my friends. And right before our podcast, and I was driving there, my gas light comes on. I'm like, I should put some gas in the car. I drive past a gas station. It's $7. I get in and I oh. I literally put fifteen dollars in because I'm like I, I can find a cheaper gas station I just need gas to get there fifteen bucks in it was barely two gallons like barely two no, gallons no I just I just cringe I mean Florida right now it's at five I've never seen it this much I used to make a joke in my mini books like and like it's hard to have a GPA higher than gas prices haha but now like literally you can't <laughs> You're like, it's impossible just, like that used to be the joke so even in Florida I was like that is. That joke is done. That was old school. Totally. It's so funny. Growing up in California, I would give anything for $5 gas. Like that would, I would give anything for that. That'd be amazing. That's, and it's always been that way. Man, uh, time to get a Tesla. I'm just kidding. To Gotta sell some books Tesla, for that. For real. We need a book deal. <laughs> yeah, I know. Okay, now we're Thanks done. so much for listening, Grace. Thanks so much for coming on. Uh, I think it's important everyone knows that Grace is as amazing in person as she is on this podcast. Oh, and very kind. Um, if you look up to her, if you listen to her, if you are one of these amazing college girls that look up to Grace, you're looking to the right person, and you're going to learn a lot about how to be like Jesus from watching her. So, Grace, thanks for coming on. We love you, you at Kaden. Questions with Caden, and uh, we will see you all in the next episode. Love you guys. Has fear stolen your peace? I'm Jennifer Slattery, lead host of the Faith Over Fear podcast, helping you fight your fears and grow your faith. Subscribe at lifeaudio.com.